and look together to the Word of God. Turn in your Bibles to Joel chapter 2. Beginning in Joel chapter 2, verse 12. We're going to read in unison. I invite you to read in unison Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me. And with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent? and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breasts, let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? And I will read to you uh, verses 28 and following. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. And as the Lord has said, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Father God, we thank you for what you have called us to, uh, whether the calling of uh, the Jews, some of which this specifically pertains to, your uh, Jewish followers of Messiah, or whether to us Gentiles, God, we thank you to the fullness, for the fullness of what you've called us to what you're calling us forth to, 
God, that you're, not, you're calling us not to be satisfied, God, with the status quo in America, but to strive with all of our might, God, to take a hold of you and to be the people that you've called us to be. So God, now by the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would work uh, through the preaching of your word for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, it's amazing how uh, it's not just what we say, but what we do that preaches a message, isn't it? Right. It says that the truth is held or suppressed in unrighteousness. I believe the opposite is also true. The truth is loosed in right living. The Word of God says that the just shall live by faith. Not that they had a moment of faith once upon a time in years past, but they literally live by faith. It's very um, tempting to, uh, <coughs> to, to think that you, uh, that you know what's going to happen. There's, there's uh, perceived security in thinking that you know what was going to happen. I thought I knew what was going to happen this morning in this service until I walked into my office and there were uh, two brothers in my office uh, from out of town praying with Jerry. So thank you for obeying God and coming here. Yes. And uh, so well, I'd like to share with you today five keys to true personal revival. And... Um, for those of you who were expecting something to happen here today, let me give a little explanatory note. Um, we had planned on this morning on showing the final installment of the, the, women's, the, the women's conference. The, the, um, they call it a simulcast. It's a conference that took place and then other people aired a video recording of that conference. Um, and uh, uh, the, this... Uh, this godly couple who had been teaching the, the, final, the final session was preached by Eric Ludy, uh, Leslie's husband, and um, is a, an excellent message that I was hoping to watch this morning, but uh, I feel like God wants me to say this, so I'm going to say this instead, and we'll trust to get back to that at a later time, if, uh, if you'll be gracious with me. Five keys to true personal revival. Number one, getting right with God. Amen. Achieving a genuine and intimate relation with Him. Let's look up Psalm 80, verse 7. Somebody um, read Psalm 80, verse 7. I hope my references have been... don't have any typos in my references or... I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> Psalm 80, verse 7. Would somebody read that? Psalm 80, verse 7. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. The first key to true personal revival, the accumulation of which uh, gives us corporate revival, is to is to get right with God, is to confess and repent of any hidden sins or compromise. That's an ongoing work. 
It's not enough to uh, point to a time in, in your life when we have realized our wrongdoing on a universal basis. Come before God and man and repented in Jesus' name, been baptized in Jesus' name as the word of God uh, exhorts us and begun a relationship with Jesus Christ, but to have an up-to-date relationship with Jesus Christ where everything is under the blood and anything inappropriate that needs to be is confessed. And there is nothing hidden in our life, no hidden sin Amen. or compromise. Um, if that would apply to any of us at any time, um, we bless God because the door is open for, um, to be made right with God. The door is always open to be made right with God. That opportunity is always available. And the word of God says, behold, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. Every day that we wait is a day harder that our hearts become as a day more accustomed and comfortable with sin and the sin and compromise in our lives that we become, and it's a day harder that it may be to ever get back. I don't know where the point of no return is. I know there's been a big deal in the church for 2,000 years. Can you backslide? Can you not backslide? What does it constitute? All that kind of stuff. I don't want to find out. Amen. <laughs> I want to stay as close to God as possible. First key to uh, true personal revival is getting right with God. And I'm going to say staying right with God. Confessing and repenting of any hidden sins or compromise. And bless God, if that ever needed to happen in anyone's life. And I know I've had to come before the body of Christ and, and make things right. There's grace. There's mercy. Um, because each of us as human beings most likely has failed or sinned at some point in our lives. Uh, and... Uh, we, uh, we want to be a merciful and gracious people. We're just thankful for anyone that uh, <clears throat> realizes their sin and wants to do something about it. Confess indifference, coldness, or lukewarmness. Now that's a challenging list. Indifference. That challenges me. The kingdom of God and what is at stake here, what we are called to contend for is worth something. It's worth being passionate about. It says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. The devil's not lying around in bed. The kingdom of God and the work of the saints of God. And we are challenged not to allow any form of indifference towards the commission that we've been given to live for Christ, to worship him and to make him known. And if, if we should find ourselves in that situation, we just need to cast ourselves upon God and say, Oh God, wake me up. Oh God, help me today to fight. To fight for the kingdom of God. Amen. Seek a spirit of humility and brokenness before God. Turn to Psalm 51. This verse, you've heard it before, but it literally astounds me. Seek a spirit of humility and brokenness before God. It says in verse 17 of Psalm 51 that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, 
a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. That astounds me. Because as we walk in a journey of brokenness and are brought by the Spirit of God to increasing levels of discomfort, it's not comfortable to rely upon God. It's not comfortable to be brought on an increasing revelation of our own inability and the, and, and the necessity to cling to God with all of our might for everything. That's not comfortable. And yet, he says here, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. So as we're getting right with God, we need to seek a spirit of humility and brokenness before God to become intimate with God through worshipful prayer. Number one, getting right with God, whether it's for the first time or on an ongoing basis. Second key to true personal revival, getting right with man. Achieving a loving, clear, and honest relationship with all others. There's that three-letter word, one of the biggest words in the Bible. All, everyone, bar none. A loving, clear, and honest relationship with all others. Let's look briefly at Matthew chapter 5. Verse 23 and 24. Again, a familiar verse. It's good. It's the word of God. It's good just to review it together, to speak it into the air together, and to let it be in our heart. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee. Didn't say if you had anything against anyone else. Sure, that ought... God help us that that's taken care of, that thy brother hath ought against thee. Leave thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. That's a, that's a high standard, isn't it? Not just like, well, I don't have anything against that person. Well, it may be obvious that they're struggling with you. But love, agape, the laying down of our lives as a service to the other party goes to them to find out what they're struggling with us, to clear up any misunderstandings, whatever it may be. Boy, that takes humility, doesn't it? Second key to personal, uh, true personal revival, getting right with man, staying right with man, confessing and repenting of all resentment or bitterness from any unresolved conflicts. Ooh. That's a challenge right there, isn't it? Confessing and repenting of all resentment or bitterness from any unresolved conflicts. Wow. You know, we, we, we have this way of getting conflicts like 90% resolved. And saying, it, I can face you in the sanctuary now, but I'm going to remember that. I'm going to just keep 10% in my back pocket, just in case it needs to come up in future Ooh, that's challenging, isn't it? I got one head nodding. 
That's challenging, isn't it? That really drills us to the core. Because if we've walked with God long enough in the church of Jesus Christ, we probably had to deal with some issues together. And that's why God ordained the church. We probably had to deal with some issues together. Could be, there could have been some misunderstandings or whatever it may be. But the Spirit of God calls us to release forgiveness from the heart. To confess and repent of all pride, class or racial prejudice. Agree with the heart of God by accepting a soul burden for all people. Number two, getting right with man. The third possible point, not that this list claims to be exhaustive, but trying to hit on some major areas. And this may be an area which may be overlooked or uh, maybe knocked down the priority list. We can kind of get, get along without this. Getting right with yourself. That can be a lifelong journey, can't it? Man, we're like, the Word of God says that uh, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Whew. It's just mind-boggling how far we can get in life and realize there's still issues from the past. There's still issues from childhood, from upbringing, from whatever it may be. And you're like, how could we get like 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road with this stuff buzzing around somewhere under the surface? You know, it may not be the kind of stuff that's like blown up in your face every day of the week, but there's something that's still there. Whew. Achieving peace of mind and inner healing forgiving the past and facing the future with hope in Christ. Isaiah 26, 3. What does that say? Thou will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed in thee, for he trusts in thee. I may have that wrong there. Let's look it up real quick. Forgive me if I seem a little bit disorganized. Um... I got word of this message uh, about two seconds before I walked in that door. Well, we had another speaker arranged today, but... And I'm not just doing this to try and be like that way, but I'm just trying to obey God the best I know how. Isaiah 26.3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Oh, that's big. And reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Settle all doubts about your soul's peace, having faith that you are accepted in the beloved. Accept the unchangeable things in life which often cause regrets. 
and embrace them as part of the journey that you personally and specifically are called to. To say, I'm called to deal with this. Other people might not have had to go through it, but God has placed a calling on my life to deal with this. And as such, the grace of God will be in my life to do so. Trust the grace of God to overcome your hurts, disappointments, and disadvantages. Make them into your life message. Accepting ourselves for who we are in God's eyes, we are then free to turn our attention and devotion to God and to others who need Him. Number three, getting right with yourself. Number four, obeying the Holy Spirit. Bending to His will, following through with every leading. You know, not every leading of the Holy Spirit is something that has to be done or can be done there and then. Some are, but some things that the Holy Spirit tells us to do could take months or years to work out. So there's, there's a whole different pressing and that kind of a leading than what there is in the instantaneous one where you know you're going to do something right now and right now is the only time you're going to have to press through some inhibitions and everyone's going to think you look really dumb and all, this, all these crazy thoughts will go through your head. That's a certain kind of pressing that is right at times. But there's also, like I said, when God... I mean, God told me in 2009 to preach the gospel to this city. What would you do? Oh, okay, God, I'll go out this afternoon and get that taken care of, will I? And everybody's just like lined up in a line waiting for me to share the gospel and we'll all go home and live happily ever after. Ten years later... That kind of leading to a whole different pressing because it's so easy to put it on the back burner and forget it. But to know that there's outstanding assignments, certainly in my life, maybe in some of your lives, that God has specifically called you to and led you into that, can, that takes a continually pressing in faith to claim it, to believe it, to say, God, you told me this is going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm trusting you to open a door. I'm looking for the opportunities, God. And I'm putting wheels in the revelation. Amen. Following through with every leading of, of the Holy Spirit. Having surrendered to the Lordship of Christ, we must yield to his Holy Spirit to be cleansed, sanctified, and filled with Holy Spirit power, fire, and love. Yield quickly to every prompting of the Holy Spirit to read, pray, witness, and obey. Ah. I, I don't know where this came from. But. Bend your will and deny the self-life to follow Christ at all times. Adjust your life to the will of God. Never grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen. Obeying the Holy Spirit. Fourth point to true personal revival. <clears throat> point number five. Going public with our witness for Christ. You know, I think that um, this, this kind of a, some of these themes are very closely akin to what, um, uh, who was the brother in the Welsh revival? Evan Roberts, 
this is kind of along the lines of five simple things that Evan Roberts was shown when he preached in the Wealth Revival and some of the things that they emphasized in that revival. But finally, number five, going public with our witness for Christ. Sharing our story continually. Allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal the love of Christ in us. Let's look up Daniel 12, 3. says there, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness, to true right living in Jesus Christ, will shine as the stars, I inserted that word, forever and ever. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now we are called to turn other people to right living which of course we know can only be found through and in Jesus Christ. Exercise your soul burden with intercessory prayer and travail of soul. Pray for the overflowing love of Christ. Learn the basic scriptures of the plan of salvation. Carry them or memorize them. Write up a tract of your salvation story. Share it everywhere as the Spirit leads you. I, I learned these things. I don't know who in the world wrote this. I was ha randomly handed this sheet of paper on Tuesday morning. I stuck it in my backpack, laid it on my desk. And when I walked out of that office this morning, God said, that's your message right there for today. I don't have a clue who wrote this. He's talking about denying yourself, taking up your cross. Bruce, writing a person. Who wrote this? Who in the world preaches this kind of stuff? Write up a tract of your salvation story. Share it everywhere as the Spirit leads you. I learned that when I came to Kokomo Christian Fellowship. Copied a couple of saints here that were doing it. Um... What I want to say about this here, these five keys, you know, to true personal revival, is that um, there, there may be se several or many people in this room right now that are walking in this right here. By God's grace. Thank you, Jesus. There may be some of us here, myself included, where we go through something like this and there might be some things that just need to be tweaked and updated just to stay on the cutting edge. But I believe that as we walk in this, we are walking in revival. I believe it. It doesn't matter what does or doesn't happen as a result of that. We're walking in revival. Um, I have a, uh, an acquaintance across town. I think he's, he's been here before and preached, you may recall. He's a short man. His name is David Long. Praise the Lord. And he, he's the 
He is the chairman of the local Gideon's chapter. He's an elder in uh, a church in Greentown. And um, he's, a, he's a maintenance man for Taylor, Taylor uh, School District down there. You know, he's a, he's, a, he's a maintenance supervisor down there. And, um, you know, um, if you met him, you would, uh, you would see in him just another brother, just like any of us here, that was endeavoring to walk in a vibrant walk with God, that was hungry for the things of the Spirit, that was in the Word of God, that was in prayer, that was endeavoring to be faithful in church, and um, just living out the body of Christ. And that's all you'd see. You don't see him walking through the, wall, the mall and people falling under the conviction of sin and getting saved and a lot of the things that we associate with revivals in the past, you don't necessarily see that in his life every day. Not to say that he hasn't. I mean, he came here and shared about his trip to, um, was it Venezuela? And when he went there and how, how, I can't quite remember how the story went. It was very remarkable. I, I believe he'd cast a demon out of a young lady and or healed her, seen her healed or both. A lot of times it's both, isn't it? Um, and it was a remarkable story. So I'm not saying he hasn't seen different things happen at times in his lives as several of us here have seen interesting things happen in the power of the Holy Spirit at different times in our lives, okay? But when you're walking in this, you are walking in revival. I, be I believe that that right there is a revived church. And after that, it's up to God what he wants to do and when. We can't control that. If we try and control that, we're going to end up pulling our hair out. If we've got any left <laughs> to pull out. <laughs> right, Bill? I was talking about something. Kind of like a little bit reducing a little bit here, but... Thank you. <laughs> um, but that's it. Isn't that great? That's simple. I mean, just walk in that, and you're walking in revival, and then we're going to leave everything up else up to God. Lord, wow, we just thank you, God, that as we walk in these simple, uh, spirit filled, however you want to label it, things, the truths, the historic truths, the historic truths of the gospel that we, we would fit in anywhere. We could fit in in China. We could go to China and just be, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and just accept as one of the brothers. Uh, we could go back to Wales when, when the Spirit of God was being poured out or, uh, and, and, and we would just fit right in. And we thank you, God. Hallelujah. And we trust you. We don't fully know the times of the seasons or the mystery of what we see in society and, or the church around us right now, but we, God, are entrusting it into your hands, trusting by your grace to be simply be the people you've called us to be and these simple things that we know to be true. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you.